Hello, and welcome back to True Alchemy Academy, your podcast for all things ancient wisdom. With me, your host, Kaylee Worsley. I am recording from a cute little flat in Athens. I am so excited to bring you this month Greek mythology and Greek history and how we can incorporate that into our everyday life. When I first arrived, I really wanted to kind of find myself and find my lineage and my family and see what it is what it what it means to be a Greek. I feel like I have found that, but I've also found so much more than I bargained for. Every time I told somebody I was Greek, they got so excited. And I just feel like that welcoming into the community is something my papu would have been so, so happy about. I'll tell you a little bit about Greece in the modern day and how Greece keeps the ancient world alive. When I went to Egypt, I cried in the pyramid for an hour because one, I had so many past life visions and two, I really felt like society of the great Egyptians had died. And the reason I felt like this happened was because it really did. And for anybody who has been or wants to go to Egypt, the people aren't like their ancestors any longer. And it made me so sad, mostly because Egypt was such a beautiful place. And they had so much knowledge about things that we don't even know that we don't even know. And I just was incredibly sad that all of these were basically lost it was it's a dead society now on the other hand though when i read the hermetica it literally says one of the passages in there says that there's a prophecy that people will come to the lands of egypt and ruin it and so i suppose they knew that that was going to happen and that's why they did what they did and they did it for a very good reason because they are keeping the culture alive through monuments, through texts, through mummies, through artifacts and such. But it's a shame that it doesn't live on through the people or the majority of the people. Here in Greece, it lives. It's a living society still. And I was not prepared for that. I really did believe that I was going to be a foreigner, just some nerd. <laughs> I am a nerd, but I thought I was going to be the only nerd hanging out at the temples and, you know, bringing my book and reading. But I'm not the only one. And I was so happily surprised by this. I went up to the Acropolis. Well, I went up to the Parthenon and the Temple of Athena in the Acropolis. And I sat there in front of the temple. And I read and I took some photos and I wrote some notes down. What I really loved when I was there was that people were still gathering. Greeks were still gathering and sitting and speaking in their native tongue with each other. And I'm not sure what they were talking about, but I just thought, how beautiful is that? That they are still communicating in their native tongue at these places where their ancestors used to be. I thought that that was so beautiful. And it's not like Egyptians don't go and they don't, you know, they speak and such. But it was just, it was a different vibe altogether. And I absolutely adore ancient Egypt. 
but there was something about modern day Greece and ancient Egypt being, or ancient Greece being bridged together that was, I don't even know, so remarkable. And I sat up there and I thought, wow, the vibe of this place lives on through its people. And the reason I say that is because I've had a lot of conversations with Greeks, with people from Athens, with people from other parts of Greece, and they know so much history. They know so much. I've had so many intellectual conversations. The other night, or actually last night, I had a conversation and someone said, the Paleolithic era, era. And I paused because I was so taken back by just the fact that that came up in, in a natural flow of conversation. I was like, wow, this is the coolest place on earth. It's just, it was, you know, the things, the, the Acropolis was built in the 4th millennium BC. So, 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 so long ago. And people still gather there and they still speak their tongue. And I just thought that that was incredibly beautiful if you don't know what the acropolis is it's an ancient citadel so acropolis is just a generic meaning of like all the buildings intertwined with what it is you probably know the parthenon that's the most popular ancient site in athens but there are so many sites you walk around the central part of athens and you see all of these very cool sites that who even like knows people i don't think tourists really really pay that much attention but athens is a very old city even at the central bank in the center they were building the bank and they excavated part of the ancient city so there's just like a a a hole in the ground which shows you ruins and it's just oh man and the stories that people tell i went out with a athenian and we walked through the center and he was showing me around and he explained some stories of Greeks in history, which his grandmother had told him. So the fact that these stories are still word of mouth being passed down through generation to generation just shows you how much pride Greeks have in their history and of who they are. One that really stuck out to me was if you stand in the center and you're looking at the Parthenon, there's a wall and in the wall, there are little columns and they hold the wall together and you can see them. And the story goes from his yaya to him, to me now, that when, because the, the people, it was a true democratic society. So people couldn't do anything in Athens unless everybody really agreed on it. So finally, they agreed to rebuild the Parthenon after it was destroyed by the Persians. And as the people decided that it could be rebuilt, they said, let's put the columns of the old into the wall so that we never forget what Persia did. And that story lives on. So they never forgot how hard the Greeks fought and how hard the Greeks had to rebuild over and over and over again. And that repeats throughout history. I mean, they went absolutely broke. They basically sold everything in their country just to be a society still. But Greeks are the nicest people the happiest people they still gather they hang out with each other they talk greece has free university it's free it's funded by the state the only stipulation is you have to pass some very hard exams which is great because you should have to work hard to get into it but then it's free and so most of the people who are 
willing to put in that effort are well educated people here have two master degrees and it's just like so normal for them and what a what a beautiful society like what a socially democratic society now let's talk some more about the acropolis and the other artifacts i sat at the temple of athena for quite a while because i have always really liked athena and during growing up i really wanted to i felt very connected to the goddess athena parts of me really wanted to connect with aphrodite who is the goddess of love and beauty but i always felt a very strong pulling towards athena who is the goddess of wisdom and not war but wisdom and strategy she was very beautiful and the reason athens is called athens is because athena they dedicated the city to athena so what happened back in time was poseidon and athena were battling for athens and poseidon decided that and by the way a greek told me this story over dinner so a greek told me this which is so cool that it lives it's a very alive culture very alive history poseidon wanted to give the people of athens a fresh water resource so that was his gift to the people in hopes that they would choose him over athena but athena being the goddess of wisdom gave them an olive tree and also granted them wisdom and strategy so because athens was already surrounded by a ton of water they chose athena and then it became athens and athens was one of the biggest city states in ancient history it is very very cool to go sit there but i had a thought and i wondered if the ancient gods ever get lonely or if they're just waiting for something to spark within us to communicate with them again because it doesn't go against monotheism i don't believe because god if you can god can be anything and what if the mythological gods are just your you know people you look up to or people whose characteristics you like to embody and one god multiplying and going into multiple gods just makes so much sense for me and so i was sitting there wondering if athena is ever waiting to hear words spoken to her again or if at the temple of zeus if zeus is waiting to hear words spoken to him again and it kind of made me think what if they're lonely and what if they're waiting for us to be sparked again and then i thought while i was up at the parthenon i was happy that greeks gathered but then i was also a little sad that we don't use it as a religious center or we don't pray there or that we don't have as much as what they used to have there and that's fine at the end of the day people still go up there and they're still wowed and it's still very stunning for everyone but it would just be very cool to reinvigorate society in a way that we use these temples to pray because they already have think about it if this was made in the fourth millennium bc we're in 2023 so that's 2400 years ago i think i don't actually this math is very hard for me but i'm pretty sure it's 2400 years ago imagine if they prayed there up until the 1400s 
that is so many years that's 1,800 years of prayer that means that that land is holding that much energy and that much power for us to just tap into it's like an it's like an unlimited wealth of power and prayer and being and oneness and i think it would just be marvelous to tap into that and there's something there and i'm not quite sure yet but i will find it and i will share about it another place that i really 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 liked i really liked the agora of athens and the agora is a place i'm not really quite sure how to explain it but around the agora there's a the, one of the most preserved temples in athens and then it has the most beautiful garden i've ever seen in my life and what's so beautiful and i'm a big fan of flowers and green is it's winter time in athens however there are still flowers outside the leaves are still green the grass is green everything is still kind of alive the sun is out and you can go around the garden and enjoy your day conveniently there are a bunch of restaurants by it you can get a coffee you can walk around you can see some of the sculptures that were there some of the very cool even in the garden there are sculptures around and i just was so in love with the idea of the ancient garden and you can see the parthenon from this place too so and you can see the parthenon from basically all the center of athens which just you just know like you're in very old europe and i just this city is very magical very grounded very open and it's very progressive for it being so old it's so safe i've talked to a lot i because i asked i inquired being a single female i was like how safe is it to walk around they were like there's a lot of petty crime here but nothing major which made me feel very very good i just i could not say anything bad about athens so far except that there are a lot of people and sometimes i get overwhelmed in crowds but that's a me thing and i can just go to the sea or go to the agora the garden and hang out for a bit in other places of athens there is the national garden which is really cool and also has ancient ruins plus it has a i forget what it's called but it's a it's a it's a place where guards stand and honor all of the Greeks who have ever given their lives for Greece. And that's a lot of Greeks because Greece was constantly in battle. One thing that I thought was so moving that I learned at the Agora was Greece. Greece's military slogan is freedom or death. That's it. And Greece has proven that throughout so many historical years that it would rather die then be taken over and people greeks have fought for millennia for greece and i think that that is incredibly beautiful i learned that the persians wanted to conquer and move west but because athens was such a big city state and had so much influence it wanted to take athens over a lot and invaded a lot of the time but Athens always stood its ground so that the Persian Empire could not spread west because Athens was a democratic state. It was progressive. It did not want to be controlled. 
And so it fought multiple times. The warriors fought so much for the freedom. And it was granted because they won. And Persia was never able to move their influence west in Europe. I think that that is so monumental because Greece was the wall for basically the rest of the world that they knew of at the time. And they kept freedom alive. And so freedom or death really hit me hard at that museum. I actually started to cry because that, imagine the weight of that and imagine the morals of these men who went to war to fight and the women who stayed at home and held the fort down for freedom. They did it for freedom. They did it because there was a cause that they truly believed in that they gave their life for. And it wasn't even just, I mean, of course people go to war for their loved ones, but they went to war for all of us, which I think is just, oh, oh, I don't even have the words in English and I don't have the words in any other language. Only the vibe. And the vibe is forever grateful for the people who've given their lives for freedom and democracy. And I'm just really happy that I can walk the place that this happened. And that the Athenians have kept Athens, the old city, very alive, which makes me probably the happiest person on earth. (laughs) Because I have been searching for people like this for a very long time. And then I come to Athens and boom, everybody is super like well-educated and likes the same things as me. So this is a hub if you're like me and you like ancient history and you like mythology. Athens, I say, would be on the list. And people... uh, come here for a couple days because they're doing Europe tours, but it definitely is underrated and I think people should stay longer. The Acropolis, of course, has been so many different things, but during the Mycenaean times, it was a religious center to worship Athena, which I already shared, but there is also temples for Zeus which I thought was really cool and I kind of thought about it yesterday I think that Zeus and Athena because Athena was born out of Zeus's forehead and so Zeus's forehead is like a third eye and your third eye is kind of foreseeing things and wisdom so I think Athena if I was to relate ancient Greek mythology to any other energy system I would say that Athena would represent the third eye and Zeus would probably represent the crown chakra because Zeus was the god of basically the god of the gods, god of Olympians. But he was like the enlightened one. He wasn't the most powerful one, but he was like very enlightened. Hades actually was more powerful than Zeus, but he wasn't as enlightened, which is cool because you can relate Zeus and Hades to the yin-yang which I think is very, very cool. So Zeus would be the light, Hades would be the dark. But Hades wouldn't be like an evil god, which is represented in a lot of TV shows. And I actually had this debate with a Greek, which was nice because he said his favorite god or goddess, he was torn between Apollo and Athens. Sorry, and Athena. And I said, I think mine might be Athena or Hades. And he said, he was shocked. And I was like, because death and rebirth are so important in our life cycle that we often 
we don't even want to look at it. We don't even want to see the dark. We want to just close our eyes, put on a flashlight, and just pretend the dark isn't there. But it is. And the sooner you look at it and understand it and know it, the happier you can be in your life. And this could be this could be anything, but a good example is your habits. So let's say you have a goal and you really want to get it, but you start to procrastinate. And your procrastination is not the dark. The procrastination is the thing that is leading you to the dark. So with procrastination, you have to look and say, okay, why am I procrastinating? And then underneath the procrastination, which is knocking at your door, which is the shadow. And Carl Jung says this, your shadow wants to be integrated. You have to look at your shadow to get between you. And you see it and you say, wow, maybe I'm just afraid. Okay, but what are you afraid of? Um, What if I fail? Okay, what if you don't? And what if you do fail? What's the worst thing that can happen? And so when you talk yourself through your shadows you start to see things differently because then you're like, oh, well, I faced my shadow and your shadow was there the whole time to help you move through life better and more efficiently. And the more you look at your shadow, the more you realize that it's actually so helpful for you. And so I really started to like Hades because I was like, the dark, the dealing with the dark must be quite difficult and it's a hard task, but Hades is just so strong to do it. And uh, dealing with enlightenment is also difficult. And both of them have dark and light within each other. Enlightenment has dark and dark has light. And I just was like, yeah, maybe Hades might be higher on my scale. He was my least favorite because he's always painted as the bad guy, but now he's higher on my scale. And I obviously really like Athena. I'm down with Aphrodite. I love the aesthetic idea of Aphrodite, but I really like the wisdom of Athena because I'm into intellect. Another thing that I just thought was very, very cool was that it was a full moon when I arrived in Athens and I got to see the full moon beside the Parthenon and it was magnificent (laughs) and i just wanted to share that really little fun fact and that's what i've learned so far here in greece now as for spirituality i'm not quite sure what is there for me yet but i know something is coming and i know something wants to be seen and so i have to just put myself back in a more of a meditative state because i've been on the go 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 and now i need to meditate and do yoga and slow down and get ready for whatever wants to be seen to be seen by me and then i will let you know what happens so far athens is i recommend it to anybody who likes ancient history thank you so much for joining me today on true alchemy academy i hope that you got to learn some really cool stuff about greece and maybe about yourself stay tuned because episode three and four on season two are going to be also about greece greek mythology and Greek history.
Beautiful.